And hello, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Jose, and I'm grateful to be here with you guys for today. So I want to wish you guys a happy Wednesday. We're almost to the end of the week. It's hump day, and I hope you guys are having an amazing week. I hope you're completing all your goals, work's going well, school, or whatever you're going through. Um, but, but, but before we get started with our podcast, make sure you guys are following all of our social media platforms. If you look on Facebook and Twitter or Wild About Animals, you can find us on there. It's a great way to be a part of the Wild family and stay connected. Keep all updates, what's going on, if anything new's happening. Um, make sure you guys are also, if you have any questions you want me to ask, there's going to be links on both social medias linked below or said before. Um, go there, follow, send me any questions you want to, and I'll answer it live while the show is going on. Just make sure it's related to topics on hand. Um, other than that, there's really none of the big topics. The merch store is still a work in progress. We're getting there. I know it's a, it's a hassle. Try my best. Um, a lot of stuff going on in personal life. Um, but with today's episode, we do have a very special one for you guys today. So as you guys probably saw, I think about last week on Facebook that I asked if there anybody who would love to be interviewed. Um, I have actually have one. It's a great friend of mine, and we're actually going to have a great time this afternoon diving some some very deep topics about animals. And I can't wait to actually get the chance to actually bring in somebody else to talk and give me their feedback of what they think is going on with the world and animals and all different varieties of topics. And who knows, if you guys like this and you want to be a part of that as well, you're more than willing to send me messages and I can make that happen. So we'll be back after this commercial break and then we'll get started with the interview. Hey guys, this is Jose from Wild About Animals. Um, I just wanted to throw this in and be like, if you guys have any requests for any future podcasts, make sure you leave them on Facebook and then I'll make sure I'll put them on a list and I'll let you guys go over there. Back to the show we go. All right, guys, we're back from that commercial break. I hope you guys are ready for an exciting show today. So we're here with a great friend of mine. We've been friends for years I don't even quite remember, um, but if you could speak and say hello to the audience, that would be great. Uh, hello. Hello. I'm from... You're from where? You, you can tell I'm from, from... Ca- all right, yeah, I'm from Canada. Um, yeah, me and Jose have been friends for a while now. Um, I just want to preface all of this with I don't know much about animals or beyond, like, any service level knowledge, so... Anything that I say is completely opinion-based and could be well mi- misinformed. So, Yeah, to clarify with all of you guys, um, just to want to make sure my friend here, like he said before, you know, this is not me bringing on someone to spill facts or information or try to persuade you to feel a different type of way. The main purpose behind this interview is I want to show you guys and I guess another input or thought process of what other people think about what is going on in the world, which is very important to me because I want to bring and just start the conversation with everybody. So I feel like bringing in another person to get their opinions and thoughts on stuff, including my own as well, would actually be a really great way to broaden and get this conversation started. So like like he said before, you know, I'm going to be asking him like important topics that are going on with animals and nature itself and he's gonna give his opinion we're gonna have a discussion we're gonna have a great time all right are you ready to get started bud i hope so because this is about to be a doozy it's really not gonna be a doozy it's really gonna be easy um sure why not (laughs) all right so i do appreciate you being here and i hope you are ready to get wild just like the rest of us who are wild about animals that's the requirement when you come on here you have to get wild if not then you can't be here so, I do hope you're ready to get wild. 
pretty wild. You didn't, haven't provided me with uh, any questions prior to this. You're kind of just like, all right, come on here. Let me ask you some questions. Um, what, all right. type, what type of interview would this be if I told you ahead of time? But anyway, so the first question with you guys, well, we haven't talked about this on the show um, not yet, but it'll come down the line later on. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard the pandemic that is of whaling. Um, primarily what, what I mean by that is that uh, when fishermen are fishing, um, they usually pick up whales by accident. Or, and basically it's killing a lot of whale populations. But there's also a market with whaling as well where the it's mainly in the Japanese market where they capture these whales for their blubber and all that other stuff as well. And to me, if you ask my opinion when it comes to whaling, I believe that whaling in itself is a very bad habit and a very mistreatment of these animals because whales do play an important role in our ecosystem. Now, you can give your opinions about how you feel about that or what do you think, you know, as someone who doesn't know that much, like what do you think about the process of whaling? Yeah, so I don't know a lot about like uh, what the good things about whaling would be but i know they yeah like you said they play a big role in the environment i know that uh they remove a lot of carbon from the <clears throat> they remove a lot of carbon from the air i believe from i think something in their poop uh excites the what is it the lg no it's the uh uh, what was it again? Do you know? Though, phytoplankton. So their poop s stimulates phytoplankton growth, which pulls carbon from the atmosphere. So like they're kind of like trees. They're kind of like watered trees. So I assume killing those would be bad. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I, I agree. I mean, I never thought to think of whales as water trees. I like that. We should probably... Or like water that. bees, kind of, right? Because they're so necessary. Because like on, on top of pulling the carbon from the air and uh they also they kill like massive amounts of krill right which also are negatively in impacting the environment mm -hmm. so uh they sort of stabilize the i would think the ocean ecosystem as uh also like spiders right so yes spiders kill mosquitoes and other pests mm -hmm. i believe whales do the same so yes. And, and that's the thing is like is because i feel like when it comes to the topic of whaling because i myself don't really didn't know too much about it until like a couple years ago when just to give you guys just a roundabout like japan kills over 330 mink whales which is shocking because more than 200 of those whales are pregnant when this happens so you're not just killing one animal you're killing two and again it's like most of the time they don't even use the entire parts of the whale they're only going for the oil and the blubber and that's pretty much it um and so it's like like you said it before it's like you know these whales play do play a role important in their ecosystem just like every animal that we talked about in the every past podcast plays an important role in their ecosystem and these whales are no different than that so for me personally to add on to what he says i am very against this because you know whales already struggle enough as it is already and it's like this doesn't help the population grow at all and like he said if they stimulate all this carbon coming out then that also affects us as well so that it's nice to know that we do stand on the same standpoint about that topic. Now, there is another one that is, I feel, a little controversial to some people, <laughs> but maybe not to most. Um, if you could give me your opinion about how you feel about zoos. But zoos? Sorry? Zoos. Like, your opinion about zoos. Like, people, you know, the, like people, when people go to zoos, like, what are you, your opinion about zoos and 
Right. Okay. So yeah, uh, we have like the like we're talking about like the not the water zoos, right? Like like not like marine land that kind of thing. We're talking um, about just. Um. You know what? We'll add Sea World in that too. <laughs> okay. So I've never been to Sea World <laughs> or any or, or any kind of like water based zoo or mm-hmm. marine world. Um. But yeah. So I think zoos are good. I guess to like like like. My only experience with zoos is uh, in our film class. We went to the Toronto Zoo to film the animals and sort of make like fake mock documentary uh, documentaries, and we were able to like learn about the animals. And I like, guess it's good for like children and such to see the animals and adults that they've never seen before, or things that you'd never find in like our environment. But I think we sh- maybe shouldn't house animals that we can't provide sufficient care to, or animals that don't do well in that sort of environment. So. Like, if there's, like, a pack animal that needs to have a lot of room or, like, an animal that needs cold, like, polar bears. I, I remember, like, a particular memory that sticks in my head is, like, seeing, like, a very, like, dirty polar bear that didn't look very happy in this small little ring. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Now, that's my only experience with zoos. Yeah. And I, but I've, I've heard a lot of controversial controversial things about the marine land and whatever the the water ones are because you need massive amounts of space for these animals yes, right and yes. clearly they can't provide that in that situation so yeah, like to, like i'm pretty sure because i don't know if y'all have a sea you, y'all don't have a sea world up there right uh i don't believe i think we have marine land or something okay. like there's something like sea world yeah. yeah like but to give you an example like because i've actually gone to sea world down here before um and i've actually on the podcast have stated my opinion um on the killer well episode of how i felt about um, SeaWorld. Um, when I went the first time, um, I went to the show, saw Shamu and all that other stuff, and I was kind of enamored by how, you know, Shamu, you know, the whole making the whale do tricks and all that stuff, I was caught up in the moment. Um, however, when you find out the living conditions and how these whales are constantly trained to do these tricks, like, for, like, did you hear the incident where the trainer got attacked a couple years ago? I did not, no. Okay. You, you said you did not? I did not know. Okay, basically what happened was during the training progress, um, it grabbed by her by the ponytail and it like dragged her around in the water and basically it killed her. Um, and people were upset because you know like the whale killed her and stuff. And then I, into my defense about that is, the pool that they keep the whales in is really really small. Killer whales need miles and miles of territory of ocean to swim in, and the pool that they swim in is probably not what they're used to and basically what happens with animals who are in a confined place they tend to get stressed really easily they get sick they get more aggressive and like you stated before you know i feel that sea world and zoo at and zoos at the beginning actually show educational purposes for those around us who can't see animals that we normally would see in our backyard like you don't see a lion running around in your backyard or a rhino. And, it, and you know, there are some benefits to zoos because zoos are actually helping repopulate endangered species like the rhinos, for example, or giant pandas, which have really helped the numbers go up. But however, like you said, there are some cases where it's like the animals are in very terrible housing, they're not taken care of, and then it also creates the notion that this is what... Or I guess it gives people the notion that you can behave this way if you run up to this animal in person when you can't act like that. Um, I do feel there's educational behind it. I feel it's a great way, like you said, 
to teach people to kids and older people, you know, about this animal, what this animal looks like, what his behavior does. But I think you get a better educational moment when you actually see that animal in a natural state acting the way it would instead of it being in a fenced off area where it can't act naturally. Because most of the times when you go to zoos, and it really depends on the time of season you go, if you go when it's really hot, the animals don't really do much of anything. They're sitting there. If it's too cold, they usually keep them inside. Um, it makes it not authentic, and that's why I feel like, you know, channels like Discovery, well, let me rephrase that, old Discovery Channel and old Animal Planet were great for kids, because I loved that as a kid. Um, I don't know if you watched them, but I loved them. And I think it was a great way to show the world how animals acted naturally. It wasn't, it wasn't fake. It wasn't staged. You know, they weren't doing tricks. They weren't doing this. And I think it really just showed an authentic educational moment. Especially for me, it really opened my eyes. Because, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, you either have to read it or watch it. But I think it was very necessary. You know, I think necessary to show young, you know, kids, you know, basically what they needed to know about animals or open that segue for that to happen. And I feel like some zoos do do that. SeaWorld, not so much. I don't support SeaWorld anymore um, with the killer whale issues and stuff. Um, I think that's more of a mon monetary thing. It's like a circus. Like, circuses, I'm kind of on the fence about, too. Um, zoos, I feel like, are in the right direction it's just still we're not quite there yet mm -hmm. but did you know but oh go ahead Oh, was, oh was, yeah, no, I was just, I was just, uh, um, I was just agreeing with you, but yeah, uh, I didn't, I that slipped my mind what you said about the zoos breeding the animals to slowly bring back up their population. Like that yeah. is great, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but like over here again, uh, we have instead of going to the Toronto Zoo, there's also the African Lion Safari that's in Hamilton, I think, that you can. Uh, go to and that's more of like a natural environment I guess because you get in your car and you drive through like their environment type thing oh, right? like, so, so, like safari yeah. things. we have yeah. those down here too I've yeah. never gone to one but I I've never gone to one either but I've been very interested in going to them and I yes. think that might be like more of a yeah. ideal scenario well, yeah. It, well yeah it typically is because it's like I think for me you know when you every time I've gone to see a lion in a zoo it's not really doing much of anything and it's like you can't really get the forefront of what you want to see a lion react and its behaviors and stuff like that. I mean, you know, now I do understand, you know, not everybody can head to Africa and go to Serengeti and go watch a lion, you know, because, you know, lions are dangerous animals. But I feel, you know, the moment, the experience to watch it firsthand is still an educational moment because you're seeing it for yourself instead of just it being scripted or set up that way, if that makes sense. I'm not sure if it made sense, but yes, if it makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Alright, so we're going to move on to our next topic. Now, this one is going to be a, you know, a little closer to home for some of us. Um, in fact, this kind of happened for me at work today. Um, it's the how do you feel about you do know what American pits are, right? Or American pit bulls, basically? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
Even, so, both, even being from Canada, we do have. Okay, those. that's good. That's good. That's good. They're very sweet dogs, and I want to reiterate yeah. that to people. They are very sweet dogs. Do not let what you think, you know, what you hear people say about pit bulls deter you, because again, like I said before, pit bulls are very sweet dogs. They just have oh, yeah. bad reps because of a bad reputation of a few. But anyway, I, your yep. opinion about people who dog fight and. Uh, and basically the stigma that comes with pit bulls, basically. How do you mm-hmm. feel about that? Well, I guess on the stigma of pit bulls, one of the nicest dogs they ever knew, uh, his name was Ace. He was actually an American pit bull down here. And uh, mm-hmm. I believe pit bulls are banned here. But yeah, like it was one of the nicest dogs I ever knew. Like This is the dog that I would trust with like children more over than like even small dogs. Like This is a very, uh, very sweet dog. He was awesome. Uh, he passed away, but uh, yeah, he was my friend's dog. Um, yeah, if, if if I had the option to adopt one, I totally would. You can't breed them down here, but uh, yeah, uh, they're great dogs. I've never had a negative experience with them, but uh, yeah, the I I, th- I think that dog fighting and the stigma of like the movies and TV and the media really puts like a heinous thing towards like pit bulls, Rottweilers. Uh, Dobermans, like any kind of like guard esque dog, other than like the police dogs, have like a really negative like reputation. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 just it all. I my belief is it all falls back to the owner. It's just how you take care of the dog and how you raise the dog is how the dog turns out. And it just so happens to be that these dogs are more often than not uh, in that sort of environment where oh like. I'm going to get a guard dog or I'm going to get this dog to protect my family kind of thing. And it ends up being neglected or in a not so great home. And, uh, these dogs can lash out. Like these dogs are bigger than other dogs. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, they get this big bad rep because of the situation they're more often than not put in. That's either caused by the media or yeah. So I think it's awful because those are amazing dogs and, uh, they're very sweet and they should definitely not be banned here in my opinion. Uh, it's pretty ridiculous, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it is what it is right now. So, mm-hmm. and then to piggyback off of what he said, just to let everybody know, pit bulls were originally bred to be nanny dogs. That's why they are good with children. I don't know if y'all know this, but like I, you know, just to reiterate, these dogs are bred specifically to watch children. If you haven't been around a pit bull, if you notice, they're very gentle with children they're very good with kids i've never really met a pit bull that was you know unless it was an aggressive one who was not good with children they were originally bred to you know to be a nanny dog um every pit bull that i've been around i've even owned some myself and like he said you know they're banned from a lot of states down here in fact pit bulls aren't even listed as an official dog breed (laughs) by um i think it's the aspca I believe, or I don't, the, the dog, the I can't think of the dog franchise, the one that does the dog shows, like, I don't know what they're called, but they're not listed as a breed down here, and it, it, it bothers me, because some of them, like, he's, like, he was also saying, some of the most gentlest and sweetest dogs I've ever been around have been pit bulls, some of the meanest mm-hmm. ones have been some of the smallest ones, <laughs> Like Chihuahuas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. Dachshunds, uh, miniature yeah. poodles, Yorkies, Shih Tzus. Um, I mean, I do have a little rough and tussle with German Shepherds, but German Shepherds are just stubborn dogs. Um, 
I met a few nice ones, but it, it kind of bothers me because it's like people will see a pit bull and immediately think, oh, this dog is aggressive, it's going to attack me, and I've actually, am grateful that I'm actually doing the work that I am doing at the vet clinic because it actually gives me a chance to educate people like, you know, this dog is not going to hurt you because, it, you know, and plus it doesn't help that people crop their ears and make them look intimidating, but cropping dogs is another conversation for another day. Um, mm -hmm. But I also feel like pit bulls just get a bad rep because, you know, yeah. like you said, with the media and the way it's overplayed and how they're like the token dog for dog fighting and them and Rottweilers, who are also a wonderful breed of dogs, too. I actually had one of those. I haven't really had that much experience with Dobermans, but they haven't really been... I've never had a bad experience, but I've never had a good experience. I've never been around them that much. But, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think it really comes down to the fact that, like you said, you know, it's not the dog, it's the owner that yeah. is the main focus because, you know, dogs only go by what they're taught or what they've experienced. And... and yeah, and it really sucks down here. Like we have, uh, like I, I, I have a bunch of friends that have dogs that are either part pit bull or like they are pit bulls, like American pit bulls, and people like they they have to lie. So like when people ask, like you don't tell anyone in the public, they're like, oh no, that's a pit bull. Like you have to say like, oh no, she just looks like a pity. Like it's not actually a pity because like people get really upset or people will will report you or people get like yeah like I've I've heard some ridiculous myths. I, I don't know if you heard like the lockjaw myth that was going around that like pit bulls no. lock their jaws like that's entirely false like none of that is true it's no, no healthy dog has locked jaw no. so but like yeah like find, i remember do they find y'all up there if you have one uh i don't know what the exact repercussions are i just know the like the three people that i know that have owned pit bulls all lie about the breed of the dog because it's just like it's like it's it's taboo it's uh they're afraid of the repercussions you don't know like if, if anything happens like mm -hmm. if anything ever happened and like the dog like snapped at something or like it, it it wouldn't but like if anything ever happened they could say something and like oh it's a pit bull oh it's this so it's sort of mm -hmm. i'm not sure on the exact legislation here in uh ontario but uh yeah it's uh it's pretty rough but like these are very ni nice sweet dogs that, it, yeah yeah i i think like down here i know it depends on the state that you're in because not every state down here bans them now i do know like i think where i live it's kind of you know common so i don't think the law enforces it um i like but like i was saying like there's some states that do that does ban them and allows you to have other things um mm. but there's also you know some i think when it comes to pit bulls, they do have a very, like, high-risk tag to them. Because I know if you take them to certain vets, some vets won't even see them because of what breed they are. Hmm. And right. that's kind of rough to me because it's like you're denying this dog health because of what it is, not thinking, you know. And funny enough, I hope you guys would do some research about this. Most dog bites are not even done by pit bulls at all. German Shepherds actually bite more people than pit bulls do. And German Shepherds have this notion that they're perfect police dogs. <laughs> just, I'd like to see these statistics on poodles. <laughs> it's probably like, high. It's probably when I think high. back in my, like, when I think, like, back over my years, like, what dogs have I seen, like, actually being aggressive towards, like, humans? It was, like, it's always poodles. <laughs> but, like, I, but again, it, it could have been the owner. It could, it's, it's, it's not the dog. It's how they were raised. And but, what's, uh, yeah, and what's weird is usually little poodles. Big poodles aren't like that. It's just the little ones. But, mm. but then again, it has been shown that little dogs have little dog syndrome where they think they're big and bad because they're little 
and they try to act. I, I don't. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I wish I knew what was going on in the Chihuahua's mind when it's yapping, but I, I don't know. So I've never had one. I've had the urge to have one, but I don't want one anymore. All right, so yeah. we're gonna round this up, guys, with one more question, and this actually is gonna correlate with what we talked about two weeks ago um, with deforestation, climate change, and habitat loss. Now, me personally, and I've always talked about this before, I feel like climate change, habitat loss, and deforestation is not a big topic that's talked about in the media. Specifically, I feel like, I don't want to say America, but I feel like that's what I want to point at because it's like, I feel like the media focuses on other things that have no correlation or importance, specifically because climate change, habitat loss, and deforestation affects everybody. To give y'all some rebound of what we talked about two weeks ago, when it comes to deforestation, and like I said before, we need these trees to provide us with the oxygen that we breathe in. A lot of the oxygen, a good chunk of it, that you breathe on the daily, comes from the rainforest. Do you, you can go and look up the amount for yourself to actually get a visual. Um, but it's very important that we understand that cutting down these trees does nothing for us but harm us in the alarm in the sorry in the end it's important to preserve that to teach everybody to let everybody know I don't know if you heard or saw when the rainforest caught on fire I think a year ago or two I believe not really sure but anyway um and it was like the media covered it for one day and then that was it it was like we went on talking about some what the latest celebrities were doing and it makes me wonder if people really think is this something we should worry about now or should we just live our lives and it'll just affect our future grandchildren or great 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 grandchildren down the line and I'm interested to see what someone else feels about the topic of habitat loss, climate change, and deforestation as well. Even though I didn't give my opinion yet on habitat loss and climate change, and I'm getting there, but I wanted you to say your spiel. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm not very like, super knowledgeable on this topic. Uh, well, on any, well, on any of these topics, really. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, habitat loss, not great. Um, but, yeah, I feel like... <clears throat> but on climate change, here, I, I, I can talk about what I think about climate change for a bit uh so i think a large percentage of, cli of climate change is the industry and not necessarily the individual like I, th I think there is like a small onus on the individual but i think the majority of the uh pollution and the issues is actually with industry and policy so like i think uh yeah i think some better legislation obviously for the companies that still provide room for growth could maybe help things but uh yeah we're pretty far down the line at this point so the things have to change drastically to fix things like like as we saw during the pandemic uh there was all the news articles about uh like the dolphins coming back into the canals in italy and all this like like the, the earth is healing kind of thing because like that was when a lot of the actual industry and corporate things shut down mm -hmm. so i believe actually having like a tighter policy on the uh the corporate side of things is actually where the a large amount of our issue actually lies well 
this is a question I want to raise to you, and I can I don't want to raise it to the audience as well. Do you feel, as a human living on this earth, that is it is your responsibility to take care of it? I know it's a deep question, but it's an important one to ask. It's like I mean, inherently yes, because like it's it's for you and your children or your family and everywhere else everyone else is gonna be born on this earth we all sort of have to share and make sure there's enough to go around when we can and that kind of thing but uh yeah so yeah 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 i think so mm -hmm. i just think there's a lot of greed in the world and there's a lot of uh issues that we can't change because corrupt politics and industry and policy but there could be like a few policies that we could change or some technologies that we can invest in that could possibly help a lot more than uh, the individual has power over, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like if, if like, like one simple change of policy or one simple like, that, I know there would be like everlasting effects and like the ripple effect through it, but like one policy change could uh, massively affect the environment for. I mean, it's pollution. true. Yeah, I I think that it's something that, like I said, legislators need to get involved in. I just feel it's not a topic or an issue that's pushed to the forefront more because, yeah. and it's also people think you say climate change, you know, they're probably saying like, you're talking crazy. This isn't happening, but it's like the evidence is kind of all around you that it is. And it's, yeah, to, for me, sure. to me, it's like, yeah. if we don't wake up and realize the signs that the planet is giving us, by the time we realize it and say, oh, no, we need to do something, it's already going to be too late. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen in our lifetime. I'm not saying it's going to happen in your grandkids' lifetime. Yeah. However, at some point, down the line in the far future, it may happen. And at this point, you yep. know, it's like, are we going to wake up and realize it? <clears throat> I don't, yeah. and, I, and I just don't feel like it's a topic that's pushed enough into the forefront of media, which is why I'm glad I can do what I do now, is actually push the topic and get people to actually think and be like, you know, hey, maybe there's something different that I can do. Or maybe I can, you know, just every little every little change matters. That's just how I feel. Every, yes, every little change does matter. But, like, I, I, I feel like it's like... People are such a small percentage compared to the industry. Like, have you ever heard of the term like carbon footprint? Like in your life, you like you've heard someone refer to like, oh, what's the carbon footprint? What's your carbon footprint kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I remember in like kindergarten, we took like a test on the uh, like on the computers, and it was like uh, like oh, like see what your carbon footprint was, like kind of thing. And, and you would compare your footprint to other people. It would ask you questions, but like, oh, how many cars does your family own, right? Do you know where the term carbon footprint came from? Like, who coined that? Educate me on it. The oil industry. <laughs> so <laughs> they cr they created this term to blame the like the greed of the oil industry back on the consumer. So like like this is all to make everyone feel responsible for sort of like climate change and all this. But I think I, I, again like I my friend was showing me these charts and these numbers and it all looked like like the large percentage was all based on industry and all based on policy and like things that they could change there that would actually make the difference that could save the planet i mean true i mean i i you know i i love how they would like to turn it back on us i mean if you really I, and i thought about this is funny that i thought about this i thought about this um this idea i want you to think about something like 
if you just got rid of all the roads, all the buildings, just everything man-made, you would mm-hmm. have nothing but lengths of forest and growing. And, and it feels like, to me, it's like we aren't holding ourselves responsible for what we have done already, or we just don't care. I don't know if that mm-hmm. made sense what I said. It's like, I think we're so caught up living like our normal day lives without realizing that the planet is dying. Oh, for sure. And it's like, yeah, it's, but that's just, that, that's capitalism, baby. <laughs> like, that's just yeah. like, a, that's, yeah. a, that's the way that we've been bred and grown up. Like, that, like, that, like, like, new things make you feel good, you know? Like, it's so, uh, yeah, we're a consumer society, and there's. I don't think there's going to be any changing that. And I think like the small groups of people that like try to change that, like like for themselves, like that's great. And if that makes you happy, like cool, like you be you. So like that's my philosophy is like do what you want that makes you happy as long as it doesn't harm anyone else. Like mm-hmm. that's that's all that's all I care about. But no, uh, yeah, and 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 like I was saying before, was like you know I feel like with every little change, it can create a ripple effect. I, I guess with me, it's just it makes me fearful that this will be something that will affect everybody in the future that doesn't need to be because again you know and if, if we have a future <laughs> now for those people you know i'm going to say something so this is a disclaimer don't come at me um i know there's people who feel like the planet is you know two thousand something years old you know not gonna call any people out on that um however the planet is a lot older than that and you know it nothing lasts forever and so I see the importance of actually trying to preserve what we do have now and try to fix what's been broken. Because if we don't, like I said, you know, your future generations won't get the chance to live it, you know, if we don't live on Mars by then. <laughs> it's reset it's itself before, you know? Exactly. <laughs> And yes, the planet has reset itself multiple times, and it will it can do it whenever it feels like it needs to. And yeah. I'm not sitting here saying like we need to all you know just go outside and just you know do this and do that. Like this is gonna make an instant change. This is gonna take years yeah. of centuries, eons probably to fix because we have to <clears throat> fix several years, thousands of years of industry, pollution, wiping out animals, cutting down trees, and fixing the problems that we were given. And I'm not trying to say it can be fixed overnight, but there can be solutions to try to at least try to make a small difference. Because like you said, once one drop of water... I'm sorry. A drop falls into... (laughs) A drop of water falls into a pond and it creates a ripple effect. And that water becomes a part of the pond and becomes a bigger impact. I messed up that metaphor, but I... Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> the point crop yeah. got there. But yeah. at that point, guys, we are at <clears> the <throat> end of our interview. So I appreciate you coming, um, being a part of that. I appreciate it so much, you know, just hanging Wait. out and, and you know... I just, want, I just want my final notes on that last topic. Okay, go so, ahead. So, yeah, again, like, I think everything you're saying is correct but uh it, like in my opinion we're too far gone like it's too far for the individual to like make the difference so i think the way that we make our difference is with our votes at this point like vote for the parties who are supporting 
this and who have climate change plans and like can make those policy changes to actually make the difference and save save the planet. I mean, folks, he isn't wrong. He's telling <laughs> facts. He, he spit nothing but pure facts. So tell I have nothing to disagree with. Yeah. <laughs> I Just mean, do your research and vote in the for the party that cares about the environment. Like th- that's what I did this year. It was just like, oh, like so we we're sitting there reading out all the policies. Like, it's like oh, like what is X party doing? What is this party doing? And it was like, oh, you know what? Like, like this year, like I don't think we have a choice. I think we have to vote for this party because like this is their stance on climate change. So. Yeah. Like those are the people who can make the huge difference. Like like we are dropping the bucket. We're like these if they can make these policy changes, that'll be like a drop in a rock in the bucket. That'll be emptying out the bucket, you know? Like that's that's quite the uh quite the change that they have and quite the power that they have to sort of hold these other people sort of hold these corporations uh accountable for their actions. I mean I agree. I think we've been dropping the bucket for a long time. <laughs> and it's like I don't think we're gonna stop at this point. But you're right, I think and make sure if you're gonna vote for a party, make sure they hold their end and they're actually gonna work on fixing. They're just, you yeah. know, the problem. They're not gonna just tell you, "Oh, I'm gonna fix it," and they don't do anything. Make sure you hold them accountable, because again, this affects everybody. This isn't just a minor thing that affects one country. This affects the whole world, and we all live yeah. on it. And we need to do what we can to save it. Yes, please vote. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yes, if you, if you can vote, please vote. <laughs> we need to outnumber the old people. Oh. Well, there it is. Well, guys, that's going to be the end of the day. Um, I hope you guys did enjoy the show. Make sure you leave your comments and your questions. Make sure you tune in next week. And I hope you have a lovely day. Stay wild. And I'll see you guys next week.